It's time to get the latest from the quarterback of the pack, Aaron Rodgers. It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's your host, Jason Wilde. It is the Aaron Rodgers Show. Jared Bush just tweeted out a photo of himself completely clean-shaven. I just saw him, yeah. You? Looks about 21 years old. You're not quite. Nah, I got the mustache is gone. Did you trim down the mustache? Yes, I did. Come on. Okay. And you've you've gotten uh, the rest of your pseudo beard filled in somewhat. Is this a winter thing? What what's going on? It's just a lazy, lazy thing. <laughs> I want. I took the I took the the mustache down uh, December first. But you didn't take it off. No. It was actually I left my uh, trimmer at the stadium. And I was going to do it uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday morning. So I uh, forgot it. And nice. Said I might do it this week. Might. I don't know. I might grow the beard out. You, get to, you can do whatever you want. It's your face. Um, before we get to football, though, I thought you were uh, you had promised some measure of clean shavenness to go out to dinner with all your guys for your birthday on Friday. How was your birthday? I, I, I know you don't share a lot of your off-the-field activities, but uh, can you give us a little glimpse on how yeah, you Yeah, I don't really 29? share any of my off-the-field off stuff. Uh, <laughs> no, I had, I had a good birthday. You know, it was fun uh, It was fun to be able to play a game on my birthday. Um, we won, which made it a lot more fun. Uh, you know, I got to give uh, a lot of thanks to the, the signs I saw out in the crowd. Appreciate the birthday well wishes. Um, there were some, uh, some amusing ones, but also some really... Some really nice ones. So I appreciate the fans. You guys are great. I heard a, a little uh, birthday song as I walked to the parking lot. I thank those fans for that. That you was did. special. Serenaded. That was very nice. Um, <laughs> heard from a lot of a lot of people um, on my birthday, and that was that always makes you makes you feel good. And haven't been able to get back to all of them yet, but I, I appreciate the uh, the birthday wishes. Twenty nine is uh, is a it's a big year. It's my 30th year of life, as you know. Obviously, you're, you're, after you turn 29, it's your 30th year of life. So that's kind of uh, overwhelming. Slightly not 30 yet, but it's your 30th year of living, which is uh, interesting. You wonder how much have you really accomplished yet. Uh, you seem to have done okay for yourself. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not complaining too much, but, um, but it's fun. You know, it, it's fun. Uh, it's fun to be a part of something special and and to uh, to love what you're doing. And to be uh, be surrounded with some some really good people as well. Do you feel twenty nine? I do, I you do. do. You know what? It's funny because I used to I used to laugh when I was twenty one. I was uh, I remember conversations with uh, some of the guys who've been in five six years and talking about uh, kind of what their goals were in the game and how their bodies felt from time to time. And um, you know, it, it does feel different. You know, it takes a little bit longer to recover. Um, yeah, I do feel a little bit older. I know that it's going to be uh, you know, even uh, even more important in the off seasons to make sure that I I keep myself in in really good shape because um, it becomes more difficult with the uh, you know with, with your age to uh, to make sure you're staying in tip top shape as uh, you know as we see with guys like Mark Tauscher. I'm just uh, kidding. I just wanted to take a shot at Tauscher. Tauscher's in town this weekend. Tauscher and Cliff, we were both in town. Didn't get a chance to see him, but uh, but both those guys were around this weekend. You, and I heard uh, Tausch is looking good. He's down a couple pounds. Yeah. So give Tausch some credit. And I've heard him on the radio as well. Wisconsin football, by the way. Let's mention Wisconsin football. Going to the Rose Bowl. 
Rooting for them. They're playing against Stanford. Let's go, Badgers. Come on. <laughs> Big win, though, against Nebraska, 70-31. to 31. Wow. Did you get to watch any of that? I didn't get to see a whole lot. but I, I've I, got uh, a question for you based on it. So I'll go ahead. When we get to the – well, it's inside that. Okay. Um, I did want to ask you, though, and we won't hold you to this. We won't require you to retire at this point. But when you've turned 29, if you had to guess today without being held to the prediction, how old do you think you are when you retire from the NFL? I don't really like to talk hypotheticals. Okay. I'll just uh, leave it at that. I'm I'm going to say that I will be coming back next year. <laughs> just leave it at that. <laughs> I think we should start a retirement rumor every year for me. Yeah, let's not do that. Um, the other thing I wanted, I, I, before we get to the game itself, I, I did want to ask you a little bit about because you're, I'm sure you followed the story. I'm sure you saw it. Um, everything that went on with the Chiefs over the weekend, the fact that they played the game, uh, the fact that they won. I don't know if you got to see Brady Quinn after the game, but he was incredibly eloquent in his postgame address to the reporters. What did you, I guess, what were your overall thoughts as you saw how that unfolded over the weekend? Well, it's a terrible tragedy. I think, um, you know, my initial thought and prayers went to uh, Cassandra Perkins and her family. Um, hopefully that wasn't lost in the whole thing, was that, uh, you know, she was the... Uh, she was the victim here, and uh, terrible, terrible tragedy. Um, what I will say is I thought that uh, um, Brady handled himself really well. Uh, I've got no Brady, obviously, because he's uh, Laura Quinn Hawk's brother and um, obviously close to AJ and Laura and have known Brady for a long time now. I, I don't think I could have uh, thought about for hours what I wanted to say written it down and memorized it and said anywhere close to how good uh, he put it. I, I mean, I think he just, in a moment uh, of clarity, he just totally wrapped the whole thing up and, and uh, gave us everybody listening and who was able to hear the to hear it uh, later or, or see the transcript. Just a, a nugget to, to chew on that, uh, you know, yeah, he's exactly right. This is, uh, this is a different day and age. And... Uh, the way that social media has affected uh, the way we live our lives um, it has a b- big impact on our society. And I thought he was he was excellent, and, and he kind of summed up that whole thing in a, in a difficult situation. Um, I, my heart goes out to, to Coach Romeo Cornell. Um, I, I actually interviewed with Romeo 2005 when he was with Cleveland. He was head coach, and I guess spent time with him. And since then, I've had a lot of respect for him. I, I appreciate the way he goes about his business. Um, I said I mentioned last year when we lost to him. Uh, that uh, I have a lot of respect for him, and I think he carries himself with a lot of class. Um, to be in the situation that he was in, and uh, Joe Manager, Scott Pioli, and uh, the linebacker coach, um, un- unspeakable uh, to be able to be in that situation and, and have to, to have to deal with that is, is a major tragedy. But I think one thing we do need to, I think, remind ourselves is that uh, this was a, a tragedy that, uh, that, that starts with... Um, the death of Cassandra Perkins. I've never played at the level, obviously, that you do. Watching it from afar, I thought, how on earth can they play? But is there something inside football players? You know, whether you know TJ obviously dealt with what he dealt with last year. You guys, you know, Joe Philbin coached after his son's passing. Um, is there any measure of go to work and try and live? 
uh, you know, do your job and not think about the other stuff? Or, I mean, is that how football players are wired? I know you're a bunch of individuals, but is there something to that? Well, I think in general that, that football can be an escape from, uh, you know, escape from the circumstances that, that you're dealing with at the time. Um, and, and it also needs to have a balance on the flip side that you need to have an escape from football. I think that's what, what some people don't, uh, what some players don't quite always grasp is that we've played this game for so long and, and we love this game and, and we put a lot into it. Um, on, on one hand, it has to be, uh, the most important thing for us on Sundays, but you have to be able to find that, that balance, be able to, to turn it off at times and, um, the Chiefs organization, the NFL, thought it was the right thing to do to, to play the game. Um, I think being together was probably the most important thing for those guys, and I think Romeo mentioned something to that accord. Uh, being together was very important for them, uh, but uh, it was difficult to, difficult circumstances uh, to come together. I mean, um, I don't know how our team would have uh, you know, totally dealt with it, but I think there has to be a major source of leadership to be able to, uh, to keep things in perspective and to realize... Uh, what happened um, be totally respectful of, of the Perkins family and, the, and and their grieving while missing um, Jovan as well I mean that's that's a difficult situation so they were able to come together I think it was more than winning and losing it was about being together um, on that on that point and being able to escape for a little bit the, the the circumstances they were dealing with but like I said I think the most important thing to remember at the same time for, for players is that you have to be able to escape from your job as well and have that turn-off switch um, because a lot of people can't handle that, and that's how the lines get get blurred at times. And then there's the, uh, you know, there's some some situations that happen, I believe, off the field uh, because you're not always able to turn off that uh, football mentality. I'm not saying that that happened here. Right. I'm just saying that I think we need to have a balance as, as players. Let's uh, let's turn our attention to the game and and obviously uh, an important win for you guys. Let's talk about the offensive line first and what you thought of what Don Barclay give, gave you and and how just the offensive line handled things after TJ went out. Yeah, I'm really proud of Don. I think Don did a great job. He did a good job in training camp, coming in and winning a spot on the team with his consistent play and. and to really not play all season, and we're in week, uh, you know, week 13, and he steps in uh, an important time for us with a tough matchup with the Brian Robinson, uh, who's a um, a very good pass rusher, um, to be able to to hold up the way he did. Now we gave him some help. Obviously, we didn't want him to be out there on an island by himself, but we gave him some help, and he, I think he did a really nice job. So I'm really proud of him. Uh, if you look at the sacks we had, one was probably should have thrown the ball away and kind of tried to late, and the other one. Uh, I got grabbed and reached out to try and get the ball over the over the line. Uh, couldn't. It was like two sacks for minus three yards. Right. So it was uh, it was a very very good day for the line. They protected well, and more than that, they gave me lanes to maneuver when the protection wasn't great. I was able to step in and out of stuff and kind of keep some plays alive. And that's important for offense to be able to to have those five or six times a game where the protection or the route timing isn't isn't perfect, and I have to get up out of the pocket and extended play and we were able to do that nicely and, and uh, make some plays out of it. In what ways did you guys change your offensive approach in the wake of the loss of the Giants and having Don in there and and so on? Well, I think in general we had a, uh, the mindset that we wanted to do some more up-tempo stuff and, uh, and get into a rhythm with our, uh, our no-huddle stuff, but also 
um, I think we wanted to make sure we were putting the line in a, in a very favorable position and making sure they had the opportunities to have some help and change the launch angle and do some move-the-pocket stuff. Now, whether it works or not, I don't think that's the, the important thing, is that we're not allowing those guys to take the same rush angles every single time. So we did that, did a nice job at that, and I think in general that slowed down uh, their guys a little bit. Then we had you know, some, some great ball control in the second half, especially. I mean, to, to have the ball for 11 minutes is crazy. Pretty, pretty phenomenal, and to be able to finish that off with a, uh, a field goal to put us up two scores, that, uh, that was an important drive for us. So can you explain to us um, maybe the fine line that you, you have to walk between doing what you want to do offensively, which I think is block it up with five. And I mean, it's simple math. The more guys you have blocking, the fewer you have that you have options to throw the ball to. What's the fine line between that and obviously having to sometimes, you know, give guys help or, or change your protection scheme to, to make sure that you're able to get the ball thrown to begin with? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's about wins. You know, it really is. It's It might not be as pretty at times as it was last year maybe for some of our fans, um, but it, it's a win, and, it, and it's got to be uh, – that's got to be the most important thing, whether, you know, whether that's uh, throwing the ball 50 times or throwing a bunch of touchdowns or running the ball, you know, kind of like we did. We had uh, uh, efficient day running the ball. James did a nice job. Alex did a nice job. Uh, run the ball, keeping drives alive. Uh, John Kuhn, again, is the uh, the unsung hero in my mind for his very consistent play. Um, the few opportunities he gets run the football, uh, his blocking, his intelligence. I mean, he does so many things on the field that don't show up in the box score um, for protection, helping those guys out. Uh, he, I mean, he yelled at me on, on a drive. Um, you know, that he was open on a check down. They got us a first down. Um as I was moving to my left, he was yelling at me. He was open. I was able to hit him for a first down. He's just a very smart player and yeah. does a lot of game-impacting plays that don't always show up big in the in the box score. So I give him a lot of credit. But the line did a good job. We ran the ball well. We controlled the time of possession, especially in the second half, and uh, kept the ball away from AP, who was unbelievable. Very good. That's very good to do. Um, just to follow up on that, though, is it? you said it's about winning. Is it hard for you as a quarterback, though? I mean... I mean, you guys were off the charts last year. You were spreading it out with five. You were dealing the ball quickly. Is it hard to kind of change your recalibrate your goals or your vision of the offense because of that? Personally, in this league, I think I've I've accomplished a lot. I mean, if statistically speaking, uh, the recognition last year as the MVP, um, I want to win championships. You know, I would I would give away uh, the MVP award last year, for, obviously for a Super Bowl championship. Quarterbacks are, are going to be remembered uh, for the amount of championships that they won, um, uh, unless you're Dan Marino, because Dan obviously was one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and only went to one Super Bowl and didn't win it. But, uh, you know, it's, it's all about winning championships in Green Bay, um, and that's what I want to be remembered for. And regardless how we get there, obviously, you know, want to be impacting the game and making the plays I'm supposed to make. But, um, you know. I'm okay if it if it's not a Houston game every week as long as we're winning. Speaking of impact, you took some hits. Now you were only sacked twice for minus three, but you took a couple of, and and it appeared there were a couple that you were less than thrilled with. Uh, you had the one that was flagged for a penalty on Kevin Williams that uh, wiped out the interception, whatever that was. Um, but 
I thought I saw you get into it a little bit with somebody who took a shot at you, and then I thought I saw you say something to Jared Allen, too, who I know you have a good relationship with. Did, I, did my eyes deceive me, or did those things happen? No, I think you got deceived on that one. I, I actually I like most of the guys on that team. I'm, okay. Fans probably don't want to hear that, but actually I do. <laughs> <laughs> For the most part, they're nice guys. Uh, the one shot that I, I was frustrated with, and I wasn't frustrated with the guy who, who did it, um, but Griffin hit me. Uh, That's the one. And I was more more upset that uh, that Ed Hockley didn't blow it dead because I thought that as I was being walked back, it was an offsides play. I got grabbed. I don't know if it was Brian Robinson or mm-hmm. grabbing and was walking me back, and it was kind of like and he wasn't really taking me down, but about that time they usually blow it dead. You know, he's in the grasp. It's already going to be a five-yard penalty. And I, and I kind of moved to my right and just get rocked. Um, Not staggered, but rocked. Rocked. Uh, that I wasn't too happy about that one. Okay. Yeah. But you were no worse for wear. No, and and I, I like Jared a lot, and so anything we're talking about was okay. Probably joking about something. So there was something on like the sideline. It looked like maybe he was a little bit late or threw you a little bit. I, okay. I no, that. no, not really. I was actually. Um, yeah, no. Uh, is there some sort of rule this year that you're not allowed to have Greg and Jordy simultaneously? I mean, is there on the field at the same time? Yeah, did I oh, miss no, no, some no, sort yeah. of meeting or? Yeah, no. It's uh, it's frustrating for those guys. I know. I talked to talked to Jordy last night, and um, yeah, it's it's disappointing. We'd like to have everybody out there, but uh, real proud of James again. Another incredible catch. Uh, for a touchdown to help uh, help get us going there in the first quarter, um, but it's good having Greg back out there. He did some good things. Got to get him some more opportunities. Would be uh, real nice at some point to have both those guys, Greg and Jordy, out there at the same time. But uh, you know, proud of proud of James. Real proud of your Michael. Thought he played really well. And Greg's going to have to, like I said after the game, have to step right back into that role um, that uh, that Jordy was playing when Greg was out and. And uh, play a lot of plays for us. I think he's ready for that, though. He mentioned that last week multiple yeah. times and was lobbying for more playing time. So um, he'll be ready. Uh, you talked to Jordy. I mean, McCarthy doesn't officially rule guys out on Monday, but whenever he says a guy's going to be hard pressed to play, that's code for he's probably not going to play. Is is you get the sense that Jordy's okay long term, even if you don't have him this week? Long term, uh, yes. And I'll leave any week-to-week uh, stuff to my That's why I asked the question the way I did. Um, you mentioned the run game, and I wanted to ask you a little bit more about that because, you know, I I felt like a lot of people were on board with this idea of, well, it's about the attempts, not about the production. Well, it sure makes your life easier when there's production. <laughs> well, how, how important is – has that evolved a little bit now, and do you need it to be the way it was on Sunday where it is productive and it's not just about the attempts? I think we can all just in honesty admit here that um, it's about the production. It's nice – you know, it, it's it, it's a nice thing to say that it's about the, you know, the quantity, not the quality. But right. who are we kidding here? It's about the production. So it's – a lot better when you hand off and you're kind of taking it to the backside on your on your keep fake and you look back and the guy's running, he's still going, not right. not tackled. And I give the line a lot of credit. I think Alex and, and James ran the ball really well. So obviously having a, a rushing touchdown over 20 yards or about 20 yards, 22. Yeah, that hasn't happened in a while. I don't think only three rushing touchdowns all year. Yeah, of whatever length. So that's uh, 
that was a good thing for us and um hopefully everybody can uh can be good to go again this week and uh have a similar performance. This is the first time we've done the show since the the news of Cedric's season being over. You yeah. had very high hopes to get him back, and I know how much he meant to you personally and, and in terms of what he brought to the team. How disappointing was it to get that news? That was real disappointing because Seth and I have become close. Um, it's been fun to have a guy from the 05 draft here. I was excited to, to meet him and get to know him a little bit. and We hit it off pretty quick and, and sat next to each other in meetings and still do. And uh, he's been uh, he's been really good for us. I think he uh, he brought a spark to us early in the season that uh, un- unfortunately we couldn't keep him healthy and uh, we miss him a lot and um, always appreciate him being around the facility. Uh, hopefully, I mean I'm I'm hopeful we can bring him back next year. I think he's, yeah. he still has a lot a lot left and I know he takes care of his body the right way and I know he feels. As other guys who've come from other teams to Green Bay, as I know he feels um, this is a different place. He feels special here, and that uh, you know he's appreciated here. And uh, hopefully, we can uh, we can bring him back. Well, that'd be interesting. I'd like to see that too, because he I would like to have seen what your offense was like with him for 16 games as well. Um, Adrian Peterson, he's good. What did you, uh, if you don't mind, what did you say to him after the game? I'm not telling. That's personal. I just uh, said he was the best ever, and no, I did remember, tell him he's Remember that 82-yard run you had? Hey, dude, remember when you ran that ball and nobody could tackle you? That was that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, no, that, you know what? I, I it, it wasn't anything mind-blowing. I just said, uh, I said he's an unbelievable player. I told him you're amazing, and uh, um, and I told him that uh, as someone who's had an ACL injury. I'm just so proud of him the way that he's come back from that, and and happy for him. You said that on the show last week too. And I yeah, and I am. I'm very happy for him because I know what that takes to get back, and it's a grind. And I did it at 20 years old. Um, came back from that, so for him at uh, what 27, 28, 28 probably. Yeah, he was in the 2007 draft, right? Six, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know. He's 27 or 28, but. Uh, Give him a lot of credit. So I am proud of him as a as a. I mean, there's we're a group of professionals, and and the ones that do it the right way, and um, it's it's not hard to pull for him. Obviously, you pull you pull against them when you're playing him, but uh, but he's a guy who you enjoy watching, and and I would pay to watch him play. Yeah. and I really would. He's that he's that impressive. He's 27, okay. seventh pick in the 07 draft. Did Good you call. shake his hand though? Mm-mm. <laughs> No, I don't want. I didn't want to hurt my hand there. I didn't. I didn't want to shake his hand there. Definitely, but uh, yeah. But he's a great player, and he's uh, he really uh, he really does things the right way, and we'll, he runs hard, man. We'll talk about the Lions in a bit, but and and that game upcoming on Sunday night. But big picture it for me here with four games left. I, I things fell your way on Sunday. I saw you in the equipment room with all the guys watching the end of the Bears game. I don't. I don't know if you were still in there for the end of the Lions-Colts game or the 49ers game, but you were in there for the Bears game, and that obviously didn't hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of give us an idea where you guys stand at 8-4. and four, You're a half a game out of the two seed. You're tied for first place in the division. Pretty good spot. I like where we're at. I do. I think everything's right in front of us. Um, you know, we have three division games left. 
Detroit, obviously Chicago and Minnesota, one of each. So um, the big game that it, that is probably going to decide the division is going to be the Chicago game. That's that kind of goes without saying. Um, but we got to win. Uh, we got to win this week to set that up. Um, and, and then that would make our magic number one after that, obviously with two to play. So we can really put ourselves in a good position to win the division, which is our first goal. And the second goal is to get a first-round bye, obviously. It is, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I think there was, because of what you guys did in 2010, by being the sixth seed, being the hot team going in and winning on the it's road. Tough. Tough and then last year, I mean, again, you're 15-1, and one, but you're the number one seed and you lose at home. People think, well, they, the week off hurt them. Rodgers didn't play against Detroit. You do not subscribe in any way, shape, or form to those theories. No, I don't. But I would probably play in the last game a little bit. Even if it didn't mean anything? Yes. Because do you think that would be important? No, I just think it's too hard to be on the sidelines for an entire game and then not practice for most of the week. So the rest was amazing. And I strongly disagree with anyone and would debate anyone and probably beat them about, uh, about how important rest is at that point in the season. So, You're a pretty good debater. Yeah, you and Nick Fairley. The um, the uh, so, but there is a value to that. I mean, I th- there well, really, there's a there's tangible a, there's a, value for sure with a week off. Yes. Okay. It doesn't stop momentum. No. Uh, let's get to our D list question. Did yep. you see Nick Lachey got kicked out of the Chargers game? I did not. Nick Lachey, big Bengals fan, was at Qualcomm Stadium, and he got booted for being too vocal in whatever he was doing in the stands. Uh, have you ever either been ejected yourself from anywhere, or have you ever been in the stands and seen it happen, or have you noticed a guy getting run out of the stands while you're on the sideline, any of those types of scenarios? I don't know if you even know Nick Lachey. I suppose he lives not too far I've from you. I've met him. You. Yeah, I've met him a couple times. Um, but I, they were afraid to ask that, but I, I think it's kind of funny. That's a, yeah, I think that's a good question. Uh I'm gonna. I haven't ever been kicked out myself. Uh, I haven't seen. You know, I don't have enough time to look in the stands. I've seen some fights in the stands, but I will say this: for whatever reason, I've been a part of some of the uh, most interesting on-field uh, fan uh, running onto the field experiences, and I'll mention uh, three of them. Uh, one, because all these people get kicked out of the games. That's why I'm kind of right. trying to. Oh, good so work. One, uh, my first game ever. We're at Arrowhead Stadium. It's in college. We're playing Kansas State. Uh, first game of the year. They're, they score a touchdown in the fourth quarter. They're up by uh, a good amount. And a man runs on the field, uh, shirt off, big large man, in a uh, purple and white Kansas State color uh, hula skirt. And he's dancing around by the uh, by the Kansas State players who are waiting for the kickoff. And it literally, it had to be 20 seconds before anybody recognized him uh, just hanging out there. And then he finally sees there's some guys running at him um, who are a lot of times as big as he is. Uh, wearing the, the yellow security jackets, and he starts taking off and gets tackled. Eventually, and it was a big big ordeal. It's kind of funny. Uh, so that's one. Second, my rookie year, uh, we play uh, at Cincinnati. And late in the game, we're down by seven. We're driving, two-minute drive, and a guy runs literally within 10 yards of me on the sidelines. He must have jumped over the wall, which is a, a big jump in itself, runs right past me on the field, and you're helpless because it's so loud. We're getting the play lined up. And he's, he runs had to run probably 50 yards because we were about on the 25 or 30, I want to say. And the ref in the back stops it. But nobody can really hear the whistles. Anyway, it was really loud. Brett gets a snap, 
And the guy takes it out of Brett's yes. hands and starts running the other way for a touchdown. And it was the most surreal moment because you see him run out there and you want to be like, hey, but no one's hearing you. I mean, no one can hear you. There's nothing you can do. And he takes, you don't know if he's going to tackle Brett, if he's going right. to, you know, get in the, like if there's going to be a play run, he's going to get in the way of the play. All this stuff's run through your mind in a matter of a few seconds. And he gets off and starts running down the field. Trying to score a touchdown, and eventually gets tackled. Not very good tackling, if I recall. No, he eluded. He eluded a few people. That was that was a great experience. And apparently, there was a cart that was parked behind your bench that he was able to jump down onto the cart because it was a long way down at that stage. Good thinking, but, smart. Yeah, he's a savvy guy. Yeah. And the last one uh, would be at Philly. I believe it was 2007. No, 2006. We're playing a Monday night game at Philly, and a man runs on the field. And I watched this happen. It was right before kickoff again. And he looks like he drops some sort of substance on the field and lays down on top of it. Oh, boy, yes. So you later you find out he ran on the field and dumped his mother's ashes at yes. the 50-yard line of an Eagles game. So put those three together. I mean, those are three pretty incredible fan moments, guys getting kicked out of the stadium. Hope it was worth it. I'm not sure what the penalties are. But I'm sure there was some sort of restraining order that probably still exists today for them going to those events. And the the one that didn't even make your list was the one from New Year's Day this past year when the kid ran onto the field here and Brad Jones uh, yeah, tackled Brad, him that was, yeah. quite hard, I might add. Yeah. It's kind of mean of Brad. <laughs> A little bit. Uh, so their, their real question, since they didn't think that I would ask that for them, mm. uh, what has become your favorite reality-type show? You mentioned that you and Brett Goode watch a couple of these. Uh, Swamp People, Storage Wars, nope. nice shot. Uh, Gold Rush, Ice Road Truckers, Duck Dynasty. I, I don't watch any of these, so help me out here. I have a new Friday night routine. Ooh. I watch Gold Rush, and I love it. Now, can you tell me what that is? Because I It follows three mining camps in Alaska. And really? Yeah, one of them is is led by uh, an older gentleman uh, and his son. And then one of them is led by actually a 17-year-old kid who gets some money from his grandpa. And then the main one is following uh, is following Todd around. He's the uh, Todd Hoffman. He's kind of the star of the show. Okay. And him, and, and he's got a big crew, and they have two different uh, actually claims that they're, that they're mining on. And it's, I think it's really interesting. It's good TV. It's, it's not the scripted reality stuff as much. It's more... Um, you know, it, it looks a little more real. Authentic? Than, yeah. What are it, the scripted ones? I, Honey Boo Boo? The Hills. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I, I watched The Hills from time to time. In your youth? And they had a, which what I thought it was a brilliant last episode, but the, but the last episode of The Hills uh, is, is like Brody Jenner and Kristen Cavallari and... Uh, Mrs. Jay Cutler. Yeah, and she's leaving town, and she gets in this car and drives off, and it panned, like, from the shot, from the angle they're showing, you can see like the Hollywood sign in the back. So you wonder like where they're at. Like, is this just? And they stage. they pan out and it's a stage. Oh. So they hadn't admitted anything up until that point of the. You had some idea that it, some of it was absolute, you know, garbage or too, you know, like. But you watched it. I watched some of the some of the episodes. It was okay. interesting from time to time. But then Kristen has has gone on to. And and other members that most of it is pretty staged. So they're actual actors and actresses. Yeah. Okay. Except for some of them had to get some crazy plastic surgery. <laughs> One of them, at least. I'll take your word for it on that. Heidi. Uh, crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen some of that. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, that, uh, yeah, that's why I watch Gold Rush now, because those guys are just <laughs> mountain men with big beards. and yeah. Sam Elliott mustaches. Yeah. You mentioned the touchdown to uh, James Jones. Take us through that one for starters. Yet another ridiculous catch by your guy, J.J. Yeah, it was a great play by, by James. Not a bad throw. I gave him a chance. That's it wasn't it wasn't like it was an exceptional throw or anything, but it, it gave him a chance to make a play. He made an incredible play. Um had a free play, they jumped off sides and um didn't didn't have anybody who was who was really open or, or moving to an open area. They kind of uh, were very soft. Um the protection was good that was able to, to get deep and kinda of, um shuffle up in the pocket and um look to Randall. Looked at Jordy Randall, and then James had the one-on-one and wanted to give him a chance, and he made an incredible, incredible catch. I mean, he he surprised me and uh, really surprised the DB. I think the DB thought he had that thing mm-hmm. all the way, and uh, he's had a couple of those incredible, incredible catches, and gives you a lot of confidence as a quarterback when you can throw the ball in his area and he can make a play like that and make you look good. Got hosed out of another touchdown too. Oh. I was uh, looking at the tape. I'm not trying to get you fined, but that was a phantom holding call on TJ, I thought. Um, yeah, and that was uh, disappointing. That would have been two early ones. That would have got him tied for the league lead in touchdown how's, how's, How is JJ dealing with sometimes not having things go his way? I mean, you know, the Giants game, he didn't have a single target, and mm-hmm. he, I'm sure that's not, for a competitor, very fun to go through, but... He seems like such an even-keeled guy, and and maybe I'm wrong, but for you as a quarterback, kind of a low-maintenance guy who doesn't put a lot of demands on you. He has been great. He really has. He's been a joy to work with, a great teammate, uh, pulling for his teammates, blocking hard on the run that uh, James Starks had for a touchdown. He basically got two two guys on the play. Um, Had a nice push-crack, we call it, where he's kind of got the corner and then comes inside and gets the safety. And uh, I'm just really proud of James. I think he's, he's... He's obviously played really well, but uh, he's carried himself really well and been a consistent leader and, and teammate for us this year. And um, I think you're going to see even even better things to come. You've uh, that was a free play that first touchdown, right? Yes. Um, you've talked about this before, but how valuable are those, and how good do you think you guys are at them? I think at taking advantage of them. Yeah, I think we're pretty good at them. We've had some some big time ones in the past. Uh, you, you know, we've done a good job of using the cadence to our advantage, whether that's uh, first down plays or long counts or just regular counts. Just not letting the defense uh, anticipate the snap count, I think, has been something we've been good at here for a while and, and we're going continue, continue to do uh, as long as uh, I'm playing quarterback and, and we're trying to get the advantage uh, uh, using our, our home field advantage more on offense. So um, something that uh, has helped us out. Breaking news from the college football world. Badgers coach Brett Bielema reportedly leaving Wisconsin for Arkansas. I'm going to have to immediately run downstairs and get comment from Brett Good and DJ Williams. I'm as shocked. We just talked about it in the break. I'm as shocked as you are. I can't, I'm, I can't believe it. Uh, that's uh, All I can say is it must have been a great deal of uh, money to, to lure him out of that. I know that the... There's supposedly some talks with Les Miles, and they were talking about five, what, five and a half million a year. Yeah, I talked to Good about that when it, and he, he was, he's, super... you know, he's so he, 
he's, he's a smart guy, and he said the first uh, I knew Les Miles wasn't coming to Arkansas. He was using that to get better money out of LSU. Yeah, that's pretty. Obvious. And that's exactly what apparently happened. Yeah, um, he's connected pretty deep in there, huh? Old, old dude. He's uh, he's great, and he's very fun to follow on Twitter, by the way. Um, so that's the breaking news: Brett Bielema departing Wisconsin. Uh, I'd like to start beating the uh, Paul Christ drum beat, but uh, we'll continue our show instead. To the coach of Pitt? Yes. Almost beat Notre Dame first year there, so I would love to see him come back. He's a great coach and a good guy. Um, going back inside the helmet, sorry to interrupt you. How about uh, Jeff Tedford? What do you think? Just throw it out there. You going to throw it out to him? Get on the phone as soon as we're done. I only know Andy North down there. <laughs> <laughs> You You're not about, connected. Yeah, I'm not very connected. I know Mark Tauscher and Andy North. So, well, those are two good guys to two know. Two good guys. To know. Andy's pretty involved with that athletics department. You better and Bo Ryan. I know Bo. Okay. Uh, the other play I wanted to. Well, there's two plays I wanted to ask you about. Oh, you One do. was the trick play, which obviously you joked about was a good punt. Um, take us through that, and maybe if you feel like if you'd have been able to set your feet and really step into the throw, if it's a touchdown. Probably not. Oh, really? Yeah. It was good coverage. Uh, they had two guys on there. We had one. Uh, I just I wish I would have thrown it a little more out to the left side. I think if I would have made this, all three of those guys kind of change their uh, their gait and, and move you know, the area where the throw was, that we would have had a better chance of, to be honest with you, an incompletion. So, um, so it was a low through- percentage low percentage throw for us. What's going through your head when that go, comes into the huddle? I, I like the call, and okay. uh, we've done a lot of plays where we had a bunch formation and we toss it, whether it's Randall in there or somebody else. In practice, Randall had been a little bit quick every time, and so I remind him of how I said, hey, make sure you sell this a little bit. Um, once I kind of tossed it and, and did a little lame fake out to the right to, you know, to set the whole thing up, when that ball was coming back in the air, all I could see was <laughs> Griffin just bearing down on me, I think it was. And, and so I wanted to make sure I caught it first because it was lateral. So once I caught it and was able to sidestep it, uh, you're trying to find the laces and find the open guy in a, in a quick amount of time and uh, try to give, give Greg a chance. Uh, again, that was a, a low percentage throw looking back on it. Now, in the Big Ten Championship game with the Badgers, they ran a quarterback throwback where – Kurt Phillips went out, and they did it with Russell Wilson, I think, last year in the Big Ten Championship game, too. Have you ever been on the receiving end of a a pass like that, and would you want to put that into the uh, scheme, or would you rather not? I'd love to. And I've... How are I, your hands? When I was a cow, we had a... We have incredible hands. We had a, a play where we called a rat tail, where we'd throw it back to the quarterback. Never called it for me, ever. Uh, I went back to a game after my rookie year, and what do they do? They throw back to the quarterback for a touchdown. <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't athletic enough. However, my first, uh, my clearly first, a slight that should add to the chip. First career college game. Do you know who we were playing? That was a Butte College. So he wouldn't know. We were playing West Hills, and are they we, better than Shasta? Slightly better, yes. Okay. And I threw a uh, backwards pass to the backup quarterback, who in, in turn threw a forward pass to me for a quarterback screen. We we're in like a, a bunch set to the left. Threw it to him. Lateral, he threw it back to me for a quarterback screen, 14-yard touchdown. Nicely done. And I had I completed a pass to myself off a deflection against Oregon 
in uh, 2004. Well, and I also caught one. That was 10 yards. I made a guy miss. And then I caught one in the Pro Bowl this year. You did. Um, any other good trick plays from your history that worked well that you liked, or is that Butte College one really the end of the resume on the trick plays? Yeah, we didn't run a whole lot of trick plays at Cal. Okay. Uh, and then the other thing that I just wanted to understand how it worked. Uh, all right, so it's fourth and seven, mm-hmm. and you guys stay out there, and you end up, obviously, Mason ends up kicking the field goal. But it's because they have 12 men on the field and they have to call timeout. Uh, can you explain to me how that works? Like, do you, were you guys really going to go for it on fourth yeah. and seven? Yeah, we were. Okay. And then, but you're hoping to kind of catch them discombobulated, right? Well, not necessarily. I think it was just uh, after I, I threw it away, I believe, on third down. And, and as I was coming back, uh, I, he told me in my headset that we're going for it. So I started uh, getting them in the personnel group and, uh, at the same time, you're kind of peeking over to see what kind of changes they're making. Right. Uh, as we've had, you know, an issue this season, you want to make sure the ref knows it's a regular play, not a kicking play, not a kicking ball in there. So we, uh, you know, let the ref know we're going for it, and then uh, call the play. We're gonna we're gonna run the play, and then they called timeout. And Mike thought about it and wanted to get it to a, a one point game, and Mason made a nice kick. Uh, and then you mentioned it earlier, and this is not really inside the helm, more inside the huddle. But what what's the vibe when you're on? An ele- I mean, it's not an 11 minute drive until you finish it. But what's the feeling? I mean, that's a really long. I, that's got to be. I don't know if you ever had one of those at Cal. I don't think you've had one quite that long here. It's got to be the longest drive you've ever been a part of. Yeah, it was a long drive. Now there was a couple against Air Force because of the elevation. In 2004, we played up there. That felt like 11-minute drives. <laughs> it was probably like three-minute drives. But uh, but that was fun. I mean, it's fun when you're converting uh, third downs and keeping things going. Again, like I said after the game, it was not the prettiest drive that we've had, but um, we got some points out of it, and that was the most important thing. Would love to have a touchdown there and hopefully get the two points to get it to 14. But, uh, but you know, we, we kept it out of, out of their hands. Uh, we made them one-dimensional afterwards. They had to, they couldn't give it to AP. You had an incredible game. Right. Um, that was a big, big drive for us. Converted those third downs, kept the drive going, extended some plays, ran for a first down, threw for a couple first downs, and uh, I can tell you by the end, of, by late in the drive, everybody on the field is tired. You know, we're feeling it. They're gassed. Right. And uh, w- when the defense is gassed and you know it as an offense, it gives you a little bit extra of that juice that you're like, all right, let's get this one in because they're tired. So we felt that. We'd love to score a touchdown again, but uh, got some points, kept our defense off the field for 11 minutes of actual time. Who knows how long on the uh, – or 11 minutes of game time. Who knows on the on the actual time, but uh, that was big for us. Let's, uh, let's look ahead to the Lions, which I feel like we just did not that long ago. Yeah. How crazy is it to be playing these guys again when you just played them? Well, that's what the NFL wants to do. They want to make these late-season games interesting and, and knowing that, uh, you know, the first uh, first tiebreaker is, is often the uh, the division record. So, um yeah, after the after the head to head, so I mean we understand that it's it's part of it. We have three of the last four against our our division. Uh, we like it like that. The Lions are a great opponent. They lost a heartbreaker to Indy in the last seconds, and um, you know they always they always get up for us. They got a lot of playmakers. Calvin is uh, you know one of the top guys in the league, obviously, and great quarterback. And Matthew Stafford, a very talented defense across the board from their front four. 
uh, to the next four that come in on their front. I mean, they're they're as athletic as they come and big and strong. Um, so it's going to be a good test for us. We uh, you know we got Sunday night football again, and we're going to have to uh, to bring a good effort. Is it uh, you have to play the games when they're scheduled, so it doesn't really matter. But is it a good thing to play so close together because you just did all your prep work, and does it or is it in some way create more challenges? to be playing them so close together well i think any anytime you're playing a division opponent it always um, you know makes the week of preparation a little bit different because you have to find new ways to stimulate yourself while you're watching the film because you know i like to go back the second time you're playing them and, and not only obviously watch the game from a few weeks before but uh you know watch a couple years back because right. um just to to get uh, either positive reinforcement about some things that uh, that did well in those games or reminders on what not to do um, or, or think about uh, just the flow of those games and how uh, you know what we did that was successful what we did that, that kind of wasn't very good so um, you gotta you gotta adjust your preparation accordingly and then when you play them you know when you play a division opponent it's all about execution anyway because you know they have a pretty good idea what you're going to try and do and you have a pretty good idea what what they're going to try and do so there's not going to be a ton of a ton of new looks i don't think i'm sure there'll be a couple new things that uh that gunther uh will, will come up with but uh you know we'll have some some wrinkles as well and just try and make them work let's get to ask aaron if you want to submit a question for ask aaron you can use the hashtag ask aaron or you on twitter or you can email it to us since we talked a little bit of college football there and your brother is in a bowl game at uh, Vanderbilt playing in the Music City Bowl. Marcus wonders, what are your thoughts on the BCS this year? Does Northern Illinois deserve to be in a BCS Bowl over Georgia and Oklahoma? I love it. You do? I love it. I love it because it just shows what a sham the BCS is. It's an absolute sham. It has been forever, and they keep pushing off the date when they're going to do this playoff makes absolutely no sense. It's it's absolute baloney. There should be at least a 16-team playoff. There should should have been for the last 10, 15 years that they've been doing this. It's a joke. I mean, anytime you can have... I mean, in 2000, my last year, we had three teams that are undefeated in my last year in college. SC, who had beaten us, barely. Oklahoma, who had beaten Texas, barely. And Auburn, who was undefeated. You know, and then Auburn doesn't get to go. They go to BCS. They don't get to go to the National Championship game. It's a joke. I mean, it's right. it's... It's a joke. They now, should have have a definite winner. Every other sport, including uh, whatever they're calling Division Two and Three and One Double A, now they all have playoffs. So why would you not have in this in the system that could make the most money? Why would you not have a playoff? It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. I think you might have made a headline or two there with your opinion. Let's uh, no. let's do no. It's the question. mainstream opinion. Like, come on, you're not you're not alone in that position. I mean, the NCAA basketball. I mean, that's. What everybody looks forward to. I love. Everybody loves March Madness. I mean, you can't wait to watch because there's one definite winner, and there's a lot of teams that have a chance. Right. Why not give Northern Illinois a chance to, even if you rank them the 16th seed, put them up against Notre Dame, and see one against 16, two against 15, and on down the line, and see what happens. Then you can at least have one championship, and you can still have the integrity of the bowl games. You can, uh, you know, after the the. I mean, you play those. All games the teams that- are done now, and. You got four weeks to play games. You playing those games at home sites because I did see some conference championship games where they were, I would say, sparsely attended. I'm assuming that's one of their concerns. Yeah, that... playing at home sites. The high seed gets the gets the gets the home game. Uh, a couple a couple of your offensive linemen hijacking our segment. Josh wonders, 
if we win the Super Bowl again and you get the MVP, can I have the car? <laughs> to which Greg Van Roten asks, can we all get cars? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so we appreciate them following. Greg also wants to know, and this is his serious ask, Aaron, I love the fact that one of your backup offensive linemen is chiming in now. Chris Farley or Will Farrell? You're a Saturday Night Live guy, so I thought it was a good question. Will Farrell. I was just watching, actually, some of my favorite Will Farrell uh, Saturday Night Live um, clips. I love him on uh, Celebrity Jeopardy. Turd Ferguson? Yeah. he's uh, Him as Alex Trebek is incredible. Obviously, the Sean Connery character is probably the best ever, but uh, I love that. And I love him... Uh, and Christopher Walken, they have a um, a skit about uh, about lovers, and and uh, it's pretty incredible. Did you get to meet him? Didn't you? I've met, met Will the Spike before. Yeah. TV Awards. I've met Will a couple times. Yeah. What's that like for you? Because I know you're a fan of his, but you're also he's a bit. You know what? He's a big U.S. He's a big sports fan. He's a big USC fan. Okay. So, um, he's very knowledgeable about sports, and uh, yeah, the couple times I've met him, he's just you know he's very very nice guy, very. Uh, you know, very down to earth, and um, it was fun. The last time I was at the, you know, in LA at Spike TV, I got to meet him and Ed Helms, who's uh, on the Office, right? Who was extremely talented and funny, and uh, Luke Wilson was there, who's a great funny man, also. And that was fun. That was good. That was a good time. It's fun to meet uh, meet those guys. Uh, you know, it's fun when they tell you that uh, they're a fan of yours. That, that kind of that's pumps you up a little bit. That's exciting uh, yeah. because I'm going, you know, trying to not be. Uh, that fan, and, and but also let them know that I enjoy watching them work. A couple of football questions. Noah, why are the Packers no longer using the back shoulder throw? I don't know about no longer, but has it become harder to do it? Teams playing you for it? The, things go in cycles, and you have to uh, you have to adjust. Uh, the, you can't use the back shoulder throw every single time. Right. And you need some man coverage, so we're kind of waiting for teams to <laughs> get out of cover, too, for us. Once, yeah, if they ever do, then... <laughs> Might see some back shoulders again. <laughs> if they ever do. Um, Mike wonders, uh, another football question, when will B.J. Raji be used again in short red zone offense situations like Refrigerator Perry? Any any plays for the freezer in the book? I can't give anything, any secrets away. Is that I, fun when he's... Oh, we love it. We love it, yeah. We had a play in uh, early in the season where Dietrich... Uh, was at uh, Dietrich Smith was at uh, like the backside tight end that we put in for him to run a route and hit him in practice for a touchdown and just to hit him in practice. I mean, it was <laughs> awesome. So anytime we can get those big guys involved, it's exciting. Peyton threw a touchdown to a backup. Oh, he did. Defensive lineman in the game on uh, Sunday, I believe. Was Tauscher's touchdown when you were here? Yep, 2005. And Gray Rugemer. Ruge held, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that. God, on the show yes, before. we have. That yeah. was that was a great moment. Uh, Kelly asks, uh, we saw a flash of when Aaron loses his cool at the false start penalty. What do you do to help the team refocus after that? Now, you were mad, but then you, I saw you clap hands with Dietrich Smith, and, I mean, you kind of fired him back up, right? I was mad because it was going to be a touchdown pass. Really? Yeah. They had lined exactly how I wanted it, and uh, Jermichael was going to be in a one-on-one situation. Might have seen the back shoulder on that one, actually, down the oh. middle. So we had a chance. So it's Dietrich. frustrating because you feel good about about it, and and you have to be able to to use a snap count to your advantage. And uh, he just got a little antsy there and moved slightly. Um, I love Didi. I love his attitude. I love the approach he takes. And um, as mad as I was that you know we hadn't didn't get an opportunity to get that touchdown, 
um, there's a determination in his eyes after a play like that. Yeah. That you know how badly he feels about that. So there's nothing, nothing more to say. I was, you know, we were all frustrated. He was frustrated, but uh, you know, we're still able to get some points on that drive. Cord asks, in regards to your post-game press conferences, do you dislike them as much as it seems? And if so, why? <laughs> he loved talking to us. I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, I mean, uh, do you not like the post-game? No, no, I, I don't, I don't mind them. I, I think that, uh, you know, they're always interesting to see the kind of questions I get asked. But, but uh, no, I don't mind them at all. Now, um, there's some. Sometimes, like when it's my birthday and I just want to go home and relax, where I might maybe not seem the nicest, but uh, or when you know we lose my phantom call, that I might not be the happiest person, like I was in Seattle. But I think for the most part, I'm usually pretty easy to get along with. Uh, Andy asks, with all the questions about the quality of football games on Thursday nights. Would you as a player be willing to have your bye week the week before playing on Thursday night football? You'd be giving up that whole bye week off, also create a longer weekend after the Thursday night game. I know you love your bye, but I'm wondering if the players' union and the NFL will look into this. There, That's not easy to play on Thursday night. You you did it in the second week, which I'm guessing was a better time to do oh, it than yeah. week 15 or 14. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what, what is the question? Well, you could, have, you could do it the week after your bye, of course, that would only be two teams, so you wouldn't have enough weeks. But do you, I guess, what are your overall thoughts on playing on Thursday night? I know you're not going to be able to change it, but is it a tough deal? Would you rather not have to do it? Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's a good, a good thing for the league. I mean, it's adding uh, another game midweek. Uh, it is difficult on our bodies, no doubt about it. I think that that's probably the most difficult thing. Um, I enjoy playing on Thanksgiving. I think that's that's a fun thing. I grew up watching on TV, and and you play early. We played Detroit a couple of times. You play early, and you're able to get home uh, earlier. So that's that's fun to do. Um, but it is it is tough to do a couple of those in a season because uh, and and obviously everybody that played on Thanksgiving had to do two Thursday night games this year. Right. So that's uh, that's tough to do. A couple more quick ones, uh, Linda. Are you going to see Lincoln? And if so, would you wear that Civil War outfit you wore a few years ago to watch it? I got to find that outfit first and uh, and grow my facial hair out a little bit farther. But uh, I have not seen it. I've heard good things about it, but I haven't, I haven't been able to see it. Do you it. get to go to movies? Much? I haven't had a lot of time to. No, I didn't think so. There's a really awesome movie theater in California. I like to go to though. What makes it awesome? It's What's uh, the about chairs. It? It's less seats. It's uh, you can order food. While you're watching the movie, it's like, it's like super reclining, comfortable chairs. Nice. It's amazing. Uh, David asks, do people ever mistake your last name as Rogers, R-O-G-E-R-S, instead of Rogers? I think at one point the NFL website had it wrong. You get that a lot? All the time. People spell my first name and my last name wrong. How do they spell your first name wrong? Uh, A-R-R? Yeah, or E-R-I-N. These people aren't very smart to do that. But let me just say this. Uh, any fan that writes me a uh, letter, um, I find it interesting when they don't spell my name right. Like they might, they might, uh, dear Aaron Rodgers spelled correctly, but then the address on the outside of the letter says like R-O-G-E-R-S. I find that interesting. Or uh, emails from people like business people, like, hey, I'm, I want you to invest in my company, but then they don't spell my name right. Uh, 
You're a stickler. Well, I just I think that's you know that's not attention to detail. So right. I, I don't you know I just find that as far as the business people go, then the fans I think it's kind of like okay, well been around for a while. I, yeah, it happens. People make spelling mistakes, but I think it's silly when they like. They'll use my last, the first last name, like three times in like a letter or a email, and twice will be spelled right, and the one time it won't be spelled right. It happens online too. That's There's... a typo. I'm sure I've, I'm sure at some point I've done that. Well, now I'm on your list. You're on my list. Uh, two more. Uh, AJ, not the linebacker, uh, asks, "What was your favorite birthday present you received this weekend?" I know Randall Cobb said he got you something after the game. I don't know if he gave it to you yet, but. <laughs> no comment. Okay. Uh, and then Annie, I, this uh, I actually like this question since uh, it's it spans twenty nine of these. Or I won't even do the math. Uh, what is your best birthday memory? Mine would be him actually answering this question. So I don't know if you and Annie have the same birthday or not. Uh, Happy birthday, Annie! But what's uh, you've had some exciting birthdays, I'm sure. What uh Yeah, I've had some I've had some good birthdays. Uh I always like the, the adolescent stories that you like there's there's always seems to always be something cool that happened in the like eight to fourteen window. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what was really, really fun back in the day. I remember having a like a Superman cake that my mom made that was pretty awesome. Having some dress up like some themed birthday parties growing up. 21 was fun though. 21 was was good. My my roommate uh, at the time uh, got me. We got a limo and got some guys together. I went over. I was at Berkeley, so went over to the to the city and had a really nice dinner and then had a couple legal drinks. So that was kids legal now. That was a good time. And little did we know that that December second, in a matter of five months, you'd be arriving here. Yes. God, does that seem like a long time ago? It does. It seems like you've been around forever for a young guy like yourself. All right, we will uh, do this again. What's that look for? It's a good segue. Yeah. Very good segue. Finishing on a strong note. Uh, we will do this again next week. We still need to figure out how we're going to handle the holidays. So we'll have to Yeah, we got some that. time. We got some time. <laughs> What's the hurry? Well, who needs to plan? We'll do our no huddle on the show. Um, I don't think people are going to be caring if we're on there on the 25th or the 1st. I think they'll care if we're on on the 23rd or the 26th. They might. I think they might. We will. Uh, 23rd is we'll, a Sunday, though. We're not going to do it on Sunday. I suppose that's true. We will. Uh, we'll talk about what happens in Sunday night's game against the Detroit Lions. We'll look ahead to the big Chicago Bears game uh, in Chicago, and we will take your questions and talk about a variety of other things as well. That'll be all next week. This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show.